Family, you are listening to Concrete Pastures. I'm Nancy Mulemwasisi. Being an immigrant has been one of the most challenging and extraordinary experiences of my life. It inspired me to create a platform to reach out to my fellow immigrants and dreamers. The goal is to provide a space for myself and others to share their stories as we deconstruct the world's view of being an immigrant. We unlock the laughs, the joys, the bravery that being a dreamer or an immigrant brings. Thank you so much for tuning in today and welcome to all of our new listeners. Welcome to the family. Appreciate you. And guys, as you continue to listen, don't forget to subscribe. Click the button, give us a five-star rating. It takes a lot to put this show together. It takes a lot to get our guests on the show. Let them know how you feel. What did you like about their story? Okay, we also have our YouTube channel, guys. Don't forget to check it out. You might just find your favorite guest there. Every week now, we're actually uploading videos. So check them out as you continue to listen to Concrete Pastures. Put those faces to the names and the voices that you are hearing. As always, a huge thank you to FMG Radio for continuing to support Concrete Pastures and all of us independent podcasters around the country. Guys, let's continue to support them. Oof, I'm so excited today. (laughs) Our guest is amazing and she looks gorgeous. Just wait till you see her. (laughs) Her name is Busi Motsiko Eden. She is an award-winning global strategist, a serial entrepreneur. She previously has been recognized as the most influential people of African descent. Okay, so you understand why she's here today. She has transcended in different industries, including fashion. She co-founded one of the first fashion technology companies, Fashion Andy, which was acquired by Nylon Magazine. Bussi continues to share and influence in her fashion styling on Poshmark, where she has several thousand subscribers following her. She continues to evolve as a leader in the diaspora affairs, a role she has assumed for 20 years. She has been recognized by the African Union for her efforts in uplifting various African entities in the diaspora with focus on diversity and inclusion. Wallace keeping up with changing needs and activities advocating for African continent. Now you understand why I had to bring her on. I heard her story on my brother's platform, White Label American, and I wanted for her to share a story with us as well. Let's welcome my sister, Busi. Welcome, Busi. How are you, my dear? 
I'm fine, thank you, Nancy. How are you doing? I am wonderful. It's such an honor to have you here. I am excited to get into your story and what you're doing for all of us as a community. Just for starters, I know you have to go somewhere. She looks amazing, guys. Fabulous, beautiful. <laughs> so um, it's a very good friend's um, bridal shower, and it's an all-white affair. Yeah, I'm glad that I was able to make it because you know, <laughs> it's summer. It's summer, and all white looks so great in, in summertime. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, but I'm so grateful that you were able to stop for a little bit just so we could have this conversation. Um, for the starters, just fun. give us a little bit of a test. Because you are no stranger to a life of an immigrant. You are from our motherland, Africa. Just give us a test on what it was like to be back home and how you came to come to the U.S. So my story is, I mean, you know, we have varied stories, different stories as immigrants, uh, different experiences. And it's critical that people understand the different dynamic. Yes. So I um, came here about 22 years ago. I came as a student. And um, but I'd come here a couple of times on vacation. Had family here, and uh, my sister and I were sent here by our father. And so I had. I mean, as I said, it's very important that we understand that there are different dynamics, different experiences that um, Africans or immigrants experience when they migrate here. So for me. It was an easier landing coming here, adapting and that kind of thing, because there was already a precedent. And I must say that I was fortunate that I also had the support system, had friends who were already here. I had, uh, you know, it was not so bad, but along the way, it was also challenging as well. Yeah. Because when you deal with the exchange rates from back home and here, it's not easy feat. And for me, just before I graduated, unfortunately, our father passed away suddenly. He had just got to hear our results. I'm sorry. But at the same time, the graduation walk was about four months away. So it was one of those interesting, challenging, painful experiences. We had to grow up fast. We had to adjust. So I've seen an experience from having stuff also lacking and then you have to work so hard i threw myself behind work i was just in a trend and then i i came out of college at the time when there was a hiring freeze because this was just post 9 11 there were no jobs and I, you know and this was that so i started off at smith barney as an intern and then after i went to work for city bank fortunately for me i've always been that person who meets people and starts um, builds relationships. That person for me was the receptionist at Smith Barney. And she and I, she's actually a lifelong friend. We've been friends since like 2002 or so. And uh, she put in a good word to the administrator and Smith Barney was the brokerage division of city. Of course, yeah. And then she talked to uh, the administrator who asked if I was open to any division of city. I said, yes, I was. And then she put, gave, put in a good word and I ended up interviewing with the head of HR for city. 
who gave me options of working with Citibank. That was the, the only place where there was an opening. So I was given three options at Citibank, and then I was hired at a level of a manager. Interestingly, because I didn't have retail banking experience, but you know, so talk about you never know who could help you. Yes, for sure. And so it was that was my immigrant situation, whereby I had to. I met. I would meet people, network, and not take anybody or anything for granted. Yeah. So that's yeah. how I really adapted as an immigrant, navigating some challenging situations in the U.S. The people who I met were were not necessarily African, were not necessarily black. They were from a from, they were, it was a diverse group of people, you know. Yes, white, Asian. African, you know, Caribbean, and everybody. Wow. I share that with you a little bit. I work for Citibank. And when, when okay, you're a city alum. Yes, I'm a city alum. <laughs> um, I loved it. The company is great. I, um, yes. I, I loved it. I have nothing to say about great things about City, to be honest. Um, even when I left, I was sad because that was, um, I left because I was waiting for my renewal of my work permit. My yes. boss. Oh, the OPT. Yes. And my boss kept waiting for me. She, like, she was holding on to my position. She's like, anything, anything. She would, yeah. she would for like yeah. three months or so. She was great. Really good. Yeah. So I was like bummed out a little bit when, <laughs> when I left city. But wow. Uh, um, do you mind just sharing like one challenge that you share that you might have gone through maybe somebody's going through they can know how to get out of that for me it was of course the frustrating thing was not being american or a green card holder mm. and yet i qualified i mean i had i think the strongest gpa in my graduating class also one of the strongest and i had this idea of what job I wanted to have and unfortunately my immigration status would not permit that yeah for me that was frustrating but I had to it was also humbling because I ended up taking a backup position which was willing to support me in my transition here I just learned to just appreciate some of the opportunities I was given and not think so much about the missed opportunities. I wish I could have would have. Yeah. Or, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so no, for sure. Looking for positivity, even though I was sometimes experiencing adversity. And I think that's where my resilience was born. That's where my entrepreneurship was born. That's where I met some of the most amazing people and got some of the most amazing opportunities fast forward it's what made me boozy yes no for sure and i wanted you to share that because there's so many challenges different types of challenges that we face as immigrants and not to give up the and key not, word is yeah, never give up for sure for sure because there's a lot of people i'm sure that are still coming and they don't have an understanding of what it's like to be an immigrant they see you on Instagram, they see you having this life, but they don't know the backstory of it. They know you as the now. So when we share our stories, I'm like, understand where we came from first. 
and then you know you don't feel so bad in your journey as well as you going through these challenges that if Busi made it you can also make it and i think it's also very nancy one of the very key things is hard work hard work 100% because i sometimes felt i worked harder than many people around me i basically when i was in college i didn't have a life mhm it was sometimes frustrating i envied other people but i was always looking for what type of internship volunteer services i volunteered a lot because i just wanted to find opportunities which i felt would help me with my growth so people sometimes used to say oh busi never hangs out she doesn't have a but i i didn't have that luxury really mhm and so for me it was an opportunity to build myself i said you know what by the time i'm this age i should have accomplished this i just said goals aggressive goals for my i said aggressive goals for myself yeah and uh you have heard of you reap what you sow so for me i felt that hard work is what has transpired and evolved into making me who i am today nice very nice you you are hard working you are entrepreneur and you are representative of every everything africa for us i wanted to dive into your entrepreneurship how did you get into that we are fast forwarding <laughs> oh talking about the immigrant situation so i had a very good friend who an undergrad i mean from elementary school should be the best high school the best mm law school she I think had a first class degree she went to yale graduated in a shorter period wow and she had her dream job that she wanted she wanted work at the un and she graduated top of her yale class nice however she could not get her dream job because she did not know anyone at the un so for me that's what resulted in my first entrepreneurship exploit in the us that was global wednesdays i used to bring together people in the meat packing districts at once a month on wednesdays and then it was like a speed networking kind of thing nice and that, that's how i was growing my the roller decks so i felt you know what if someone had an opportunity to those types of networking events in the nice neighborhood and that was in the meat packing district meat packing is so yes gosh. they would be able to eventually meet someone who could help them to get closer to their goals yes as a result of that my business partner who i went college with actually came to us like let's i love this location why don't we have a fashion show here and we said a fashion show we got all these indie designers and then we had an idea of having fashionably independent classically independent and it happened to be that fashionably independent is what stuck and was a uh, a fashion indie an interesting thing about fashion indie was we experienced racial discrimination an unfortunate incident happened i was not very comfortable with it because i'm one person who i don't avoid playing the race card as well as many people do but unfortunately it was and unf- we experienced it and we ended up on the Tyra Banks show and that's built the momentum we were backed by a lot of our clients who are mostly project runway designers and more people came to us regardless of their race nice and so 
from adversity came this company, uh, which ended up becoming one of the top three blogs in New York and became one of the first fashion technology companies and has since been acquired twice. But I must say, take a step back. In Uganda, when I was 18 years old, I founded a greetings cards business and I would supply them in the gas stations. But that I forgot about because I was young. My accounts receivable were not good, but... I can't believe you saying that my account receivable was so not good at 18 years old. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, so... So that was me with uh, Fashion India, and it's. I ended up becoming more bold about stuff, and then and but Fashion India was also born during the time when my dad had passed on. So I became such a workaholic, and I came up. We came up with this idea of partnering Fashion India with nonprofits. So it yeah. was do good and get good kind of. This was before that social good really came into play. Like Action Against Hunger were some of our clients, kids, kids in distress situations were also our clients, you know. We had a few decent uh, and big um, non-profits and we bought it services and we ended up growing that way. What motivated you to get involved in, in the service? Because this, there should be something that drives people to give back. I was born privileged, I must say, but I've also seen poverty surround me, especially when I was uh, 12 years old. We were robbed at gunpoint. And for me, that was eye-opening. It made me realize that there was a big divide between the haves and the have-nots in Uganda. Mm. And it made me start... I mean, but I've always been that person who becomes friends with people regardless of their background. But it now made me even pay more attention. So even when I went to high school, I used to pay attention to those who did not have. And I felt I would share with them. And it became just a part of me. And then I began to also now think about my South African heritage and thinking about apartheid and feeling like, oh, wait a minute, there are people who don't have, you know? Yeah. So that for me was, I, I fell in different categories by association or by life. Heritage-wise, there was the South African piece as well. Yes. And then at the same time, I'd lived in different parts of, I mean, Zambia, then Uganda. Now I'm beginning to think, wait a minute, there's there's poverty, you know? And at the same time, we can do better. Yeah. And then when I came to the, as I grew up, I began to feel like it's our moral obligation for us to not leave people without anything and to develop the world. So for me, that has been my, it's what drives me as well, because I'm like, success will always come. But what value or impact are you making in the world? And if you think about it holistically, 
and try your best to do good as well as you while you're making generational wealth for me I'm I'm driven by it I still believe in creating generational wealth yes because that will eventually help you impact masses of people who exactly. you know and that will help alleviate I'm still hopeful that it will help alleviate a vicious cycle of poverty globally yeah the reason why I asked because the reason I set up this podcast concrete pastures is because of my humble beginnings my humble beginnings are the, what drives me what motivates me you know how hard it is to work hard in new york mm-hmm. as an immigrant it's very hard to move up the ladder of uh, of the corporate world it's very hard so coming from humble beginnings i always mm-hmm. remember that little girl that walked uh, barefoot to school sometimes or that's, I, I carried my books in my hands mm-hmm. and I created this in order for me to be able to give back that's amazing my, to, to that's amazing to everybody um, yes where it's needed and that's why I was asking because there should be a driver there's a lot of yes that- and more so even now it's funny you triggered the other side of me because imagine you come here where your tuition is paid and everything Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a family loss makes you also eventually you also hit rock bottom as you're discovering yourself here, yes. and then you have to build up again. Mm. And so I've experienced it, and I'm like, you know what? There are some people who believe that you know what? I struggled in this country, so no one should get it easy. They should do go through what I went through too. You know, yes, there are some I that. think differently. Yeah. I'm like, why should we should try to make the level uh, level the playing ground? Yeah, and make it easier for others who will pay it forward. You know, and so that's my philosophy. It's not about because I went through this, you should experience the same. No, I, 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 I you know. <laughs> Uh, no, I agree with you completely. Mm-hmm. It's uh, part of the reason also concrete pastures exist. People Absolutely. should have an understanding of what it's like to be an immigrant anywhere in the world. They know the expectations. Because if I knew, I don't know, there are some people who leave great jobs thinking there's better mm-hmm. in America. Yes, there is better in America. But if you're living a good life, why would you live that good life and mm. come and start over from scratch? If you're a diplomat, then it's a different story, an ambassador. But if you're coming like the way a lot of us are coming to America or to the UK, wherever they are deciding to go, it's better to have some type of story that real life stories that people are telling you this is how it's like here in America. At least you're somewhat prepared to go anywhere um, in the world. So you don't have but, to start from scratch. But or also, some people, it's just that, thri- that thrill to grow. You believe that, you know what? I've outgrown a smaller place. I want to see what the American dream is. I agree and, with that. I and agree. they might, yeah. And they might, but I, and I understand where you're coming from. And they might feel like, okay, let me... Let me 
me go and like, see what's more because this place is I've done it. Yeah. And probably okay, but at the same time it's good to know that you know what? It's not that easy and if you're willing to go through that, go through it. Yeah. But at, by all means. Yes. Mm-hmm. By all means, but at least you have now resources. They can reach out to you. They can reach out to me. Mm-hmm. How do I navigate the job mm-hmm. situation? Mm-hmm. How do I navigate housing? How do I navigate a lot of things? Also getting a mentor, mentors. Yeah. Mentors are very important. I mean, and that's what you're saying. I'm talking yeah. to people we can navigate. Yeah. Those are, yeah. <laughs> it makes a difference. It does make a difference. It does. It does make a difference. Because in order for us to be successful, we didn't get here by ourselves. Mm-hmm. That was always somebody guiding us. Like every mm-hmm. bank I've worked at, everybody, someone has guided me to get somewhere. And Thank that's you. exactly what we're providing as this platform. Like reach out to us if you're looking to move somewhere. And if we don't know, we'll find out for you. We know people. <laughs> yes, yes. That's great. That's a, It's a great platform. Thank I you, commend you. you on what you're doing and I wish you all the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're already supporting. I know you've been in our diaspora and representing for our diaspora. Could you just explain a little bit of what you exactly do? I think I just found myself in this role because I just was involved in different organizations. I mean, either existing organizations, new organizations. The biggest thing was for me, how I ended up, I think... Global Wednesdays was what morphed into my Mm. diaspora stuff. And then I was also involved in the Ugandan American Association of Greater New York. I was their first youth director. So, uh, but they, I mean, the Ugandan American Association, I think it's one of the oldest diaspora organizations, 34 years old. So there was an institution there. So I learned some ropes there. And, but then I felt... I'm very Pan-African because of my background. People I've gone to, I went to international schools in Zambia, the people I went to school with from different parts of the world. And then also the South African backgrounds. Then my friends from different, in college were from different countries. Hmm. I felt I'm more than just from one country. That's where my enthusiasm into the diaspora really took shape and this was around the early 2000s and then one of the organizations that was founded Angel Africa that was a part of I was very involved in like membership growing it scaling it from like oh like five members we grew to about 500 members you know and then we got involved in a lot of organizational stuff And then I found myself being involved in different diaspora networks. And eventually, also I did a lot of stuff with the the UN volunteering at the UN. That also opened me, opened me up to the the world. And then also organizations such as Susan G. Komen, also Fashion Indie, dealing with designers who African designers I dealt with Arise I also you know I dealt with different people from different walks of life uh, from the continent and you know and then there was a group that was Afropolitan that came up so we we began to all find ourselves 
And it was that then he was beginning to see success as a result of that. Nice. And I think that's what prompted that diaspora movement and regard and then we're seeing how the Jewish people organize themselves. Amazing. Asians. Yeah. Indians. And so that was really inspirational. So that for me was very powerful. And then I said, you know what? I'm not losing my authenticity. I am people would say, Oh, with that complicated name, no one will give you a job. I'm like, then I don't think I want to be hired by that person if they don't want to give me a job. So I I slowly just kept on doing little things, going to African parties or different parties, you know. And yeah. then seeing how can we grow together? And diaspora doesn't just mean just Africa, you know. Yeah. It's friends of Africa. I mean, African diaspora. Then also friends of Africa, yeah. or even other groups. So I have different pockets of friends. My Italian friends, my whatever friends. But I found that you know what, and I would introduce them to my Africanness. Yes. And I was proud of that. And so people have come to say, "Oh, Bussies are very close to me." I, but they also now have come to recognize my likes. So whenever you see me, either I'm wearing African earrings or I have an African hairdo or I have an African-inspired outfit. Yeah. And it's acceptable. Oh, that looks cool. So regardless of... So some of my white friends said, oh my God, that's an, a nice outfit. And that was a whole part of it, you know? Yeah. And so... Then I found the African Union began to get interested in me. And the ambassador from the African Union said she wanted to come and meet me. And then I said, oh, if you're meeting me, I think you should also meet the Africa, do a meet and greet with the Africa diaspora here. Nice. So those are the things that I've kept on. And so, yeah. And um, yeah, so that's me in a nutshell with regards to Africa. And then, the, um, yeah. African diaspora. No, you're doing an amazing job. I wanted you to just highlight of uh, a lot of the things that you've done to get there. Because sometimes we start something without even looking for. I will say doing some voluntary stuff. You know, sometimes yeah. let me tell you something, and I think a problem that sometimes as African diaspora people have is inst- wanting the need for instant gratification. Yes. The first yeah. thing someone asks me when I say I'm doing something. Are they paying you? <laughs> I mean, if I'm telling you about why, why, why does it have to be that type of conversation? Why, yeah. you know? I, I think it's the way we, we, we were raised. It's the culture thing, which we have to eradicate out of our vocabulary our, our and out of our lives. Because yes. sometimes you might never get into, if you're expecting payment rights there and there, you'll never get into certain networks. For sure. For sure. For Definitely. Something. Because it's always about give me, 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 that kind of thing. What about serve? When you serve, don't expect much from people. Yeah. But somebody, people are watching. Yes. I have an opportunity that came to me last year. And I was told they had been watching me since 2008. Wow. That's powerful. So... That's well. sometimes we don't have to. I mean, it's understandable you need, but not every opportunity is as a result of money. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. One of my mentors when I was starting this was I was fighting 
to start it, but it's been on my heart. I could, it's something that I couldn't ignore. It just had mm-hmm. to happen, whether mm-hmm. I wanted it or not. I was giving all kinds of excuses. I have this, I have that. I my list was the biggest excuse ever. <laughs> well, we don't you don't even even if you didn't tell me. You're it's a amazing. Lot of practice. And even it's, let me it's tell been you a lot something. of practice. <laughs> Lists are not a breaker, you know. Oh, you have no it's idea like how much even stuttering. I was giving. Even stuttering. Oh, I can't That's even why we pronounce talk it. about it. It's like even stuttering, you know. I mean, I it's all about I think also that's the thing uh, with diaspora we have a lot of stigma yes about certain things it's like early intervention some of these things some of those situations could have been sorted out as a result of with uh, with early intervention but you know what someone will say oh I'll be typecast my child will be typecast but guess what if you need the services you need them yeah. Or sometimes that service will help you improve you and then you might not need them after all. Yeah. And then because we're avoiding it, something, a problem is compounded. Yeah. And yeah. we might never get that opportunity again. Yeah. No, after I got over my, my own excuse, actually, there's so many people that came. My mentor was saying, you know, an audience of one is an audience. She keeps saying that all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't just because I had no expectations. I was like, listen, I'll just do my story, and it, within my story, somebody might you touch to lives, and a lot of what I share is my story on the podcast. And they're like, oh my god, your story! I didn't know that's what you went through. Even my own family didn't know what my story is as an immigrant in the U.S. because I didn't share and. Now it was just like it was time for me. To and look at you impacting lives. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you started it off for us. You started it off for us. I'm just helping, and somebody else, I'm sure. No, and we have stepped on. We have we stand on the shoulders of great people who have come before us, and yeah. I, I won't negate that. Yes, no, for sure. What advice would you give somebody at this stage in your life? that's looking to come to the U.S. and they want to start over their lives. We already kind of spoke a little bit on it. They are, they are living a good job or not even living a good job. They just want to start their life. What advice would you give them? They should do their research, thorough research, and ask. And make sure they know where they're going to, where, where they're going to land, the place they're going to land, who they're going to stay with, who's going, because, and also... Managing the expectations because sometimes we think, oh, I'll go and live with someone so they will accommodate me. People are going through their own issues, exactly. you know. Yeah. And so managing those expectations. If you have some, if you have a great life back home, so necessarily you shouldn't. You have to weigh the options of whether it makes sense for you to move or not. Yeah. Unless you know. Yeah. But again, it's a personal decision. Yeah. No, it, it definitely makes sense. Weighing your, uh, your options, the pros and the cons. And mm-hmm. yeah, as doing research is number one. Doing research wherever you're going in the world. That's really good. Um, what do you live by? What inspires you every day? I know you have your little 
babies. What inspires you? Maybe they inspire you or you have a coat. That yeah, they inspire me, but I, I'm still hopeful for... I'm a, I'm a person who lives by hope and faith and being trying to get into a positive mindset. Am I always in a positive mindset? Not necessarily, but I strive to be and that's why I'm in it more often than not, yeah. you know? And so for me, just good in society as well as development. I want to see development. Mm. And it's across the board on the continents especially. But I'm still hopeful that with lead good leadership, eventually good leadership, diaspora as well as the people on the continent coming together, great stuff will be done. And it's already happening. And yeah. we just have to continue pushing by and just so the in summary just be authentic and just do the little pieces you can do your own little contribution. I agree with you. Um, what I've come to learn after going through um, a hard time, going through a separation, I had to be intentional with every decision that I make. Loving someone intentionally in action, not just saying it. So that's mm-hmm. what I live by these days. <laughs> I was like, if I say I love you, I have to be intentional about it because mm-hmm. everything became secondhand with how I live, lived my life with mm-hmm. being so career oriented and then going through life, having kids, everything becomes routine. So I like what you said, just to add to that, just being intentional with life. Thank you. And deliberate. Yep. Yes. Intentional and deliberate. Yeah. You're right. Have you found your concrete pastures? I still, I I think, yes or no. (laughs) (laughs) Someone someone would say, it's either yes or no, but I'll say yes or no. Yes, because I think America has been good to me. And we're having this conversation because of America. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's certain it's given me a platform that has that shows others that you can be great regardless of your background. Oh, yes. So, yes. But the, the no is I'm still discovering my self-actualization. I think we are all still working on each other. Yes. Oh, We're no. still a work in progress. Yeah. I can be a better version of myself. Every day, that intention. Yes. <laughs> no, yes, in, in this place, you see someone graduating at eight years old, right? Yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, you know. So, yes, I, so these uh, days, anything yes. is possible. Anything yes, is possible. but I would love to see myself do more between Africa and the con. I mean, and the diaspora. You know, especially with um. Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, the AFCFTA. I'd love to see more development. And I'm seeing at least people are not just imposing their beliefs on people in the continent, telling them how to run things, but how can we collectively run this? Yeah. What how can we contribute to our the growth of our continent, the development, as opposed to this is the I went, I lived in America and I think this is how things should be. Mm-mm. 
that's not how things how you yeah. <laughs> you have to build trust learn from them and then they'll learn from you and you do things collectively how can people be part of what you're doing how can people join with the organizations that you actually help run and run yourself i'm on instagram you can connect with me on instagram follow me on instagram and i'll put everything in the show notes yes uh also linkedin they can follow me on linkedin connect with me there some people want to do short courses or also go to college this is a berkeley college can connect you know i'm an i'm also an alum as well as i'm a board trustee first black woman board trustee that hey. college is 91 years also yeah participating the african future summits following it and yeah that's and then yeah my uh pond global which is my management solutions and um project management company people you know just communicating on that nice nice do you have anything to add that you want to leave with the audience with that i haven't asked you never give up be intentional deliberate as we've said be your authentic self don't worry about the so-called don't let your limiting beliefs get the best of you and yeah. just keep pushing like in finding nemo keep swimming oh, <laughs> keep swimming keep swimming oh i saw you i think you added you, you put that on your instagram the other day yes. oh, i saw that i love oh, it yes i love so, it oh, awesome. it will that, just get better just find you know and speak out if you're going through some challenges don't be don't keep it to yourself and i saw this yesterday there's a new hotline for suicide mm. 988 to as a long number so if someone is going through depression they shouldn't hesitate to call that number the 988 number yes no i agree with that um there are people are going through a lot of, um mm-hmm. hardships silently Yeah. And so 988. I'm going to put that in the note in the show notes as well. Depression. So they can just type up 988. Calling like 911. Yeah, 988. so 988. Nice. Yes. Nice. I just yeah. thought I should share that because in this friend societies it's a stigma to deal with that, you know? It is. Um especially for us immigrants we 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 mm-hmm. ha- we do with things silently because of what we are taught we we don't share for uh, for a lot of things mm-hmm. even like life insurance the sto- issue of life insurance people don't really deal with it you know and then the community is supposed to raise money for you know um yeah, yeah and if one can get it I just did an episode on that. There's um, life insurance and Mr. Sanjay, Dr. Sanjay actually was had some tips and uh, we have an organization that actually signs you up including um, people that are back home if you want to put them on your life insurance they also do that which is great because sometimes we worry about our families that are back home and you can add them to your life insurance which is great. I actually like that. 
So I, you've poured into the community. I love everything you've said. I'm so grateful that I was able to catch you today. So to have this discussion with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Nancy. I love your energy. I love your passion. I mean, you just mentioned going through some challenges, personal challenges. You were, you're doing great and just keep going. And if there's anything we can support you, we are here to support you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you see, you're, you're sharing with others, regardless of what we're going through. We, everybody goes through challenges. That's one thing we should know. Yes. And sometimes we, we, some people are better at masking it, but it's okay to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is actually a superpower. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Busi, thank you once again for being here, for sharing your story and for inspiring us. As you have heard, guys, Busi has worked hard like a lot of us to get to where we are today. I want to mention that she is very successful. She's been featured in so many magazines, you name it, from America to Africa. She's been in it. Okay, uh, for, <laughs> but from all of those accomplishments that she, that she has, her proudest job, honestly guys, is being a mother to her three daughters and serving as a mentor. She also is an ardent proponent of supporting and upskilling the evolving dynamic of women from mothers seeking to return to the workforce to choosing to stay home to working from home to working outside of home or returning to different industry altogether to all of you that are of service to others thank you so much for doing it every single day for all you are doing it gives us a sense of unity and it gives us a sense of oneness it's not easy but thank you for showing up every day for all of us if you liked anything in our conversation I'm asking again write us a review it means a lot to me i would love to hear from you our guests want to hear from you what did you take away from this conversation what did you like what did you learn from this conversation also feel free to reach out to our guest i'll have all of her contact info in the show notes i want to leave you with a quote from our amazing Mahatma Gandhi: the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others it speaks to me i want to leave you with a question actually what are you doing to impact the world today Thank you again for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours. Share it with your family and friends. 
tag me on your social media. I have Facebook, I have Instagram, whichever one that you use. I would also love to hear from you. Leave me a review. And if there's a topic you have in mind that you'd love for me to cover, let me know as well. Look out for new episodes every week on Mondays. And I truly appreciate you being part of the community and supporting the community. Until next time, keep dreaming. Keep dreaming.